Well, good morning, City Church. How's everyone doing today? It's good to see everyone here at City Youth Takeover. Hey, I want to shout out uh, the people that were just in that video. Can we give it up for them one more time? I love just filming that video with them. Uh, the four of them, they were so nervous, but it turned out so well. They killed it, every response. It was hard to cut it down. We know there's so much good stuff. Um, also want to shout out Afechi and Ire. Ire is here, who did the announcements. And then our worship team, didn't they kill it this morning? Come on. Our City Youth worship team, we heard a few new voices today, and that was really exciting to see. And then last thing, we have some students here in the front row, in the front two rows. Let's give it up for them. Well, like I said, this is City Youth Takeover, and we're so excited that you have decided to join us for this morning. Every year, we like to take a service out of the year just to um, get the students involved in the Sunday service and just to showcase what God is doing in the next generation. Now, the past few years, we haven't actually done this, so this is kind of like a refreshment for us. It's something that we're, we're starting back again, and I'm excited to do that. Um, we call it Takeover. Uh, it's probably obvious, but because City Youth is taking over the Sunday service. But we believe that what God is doing in City Youth, what God is doing in the next generation, is bigger than a Sunday service. It's bigger than a Friday night. It's bigger than any sort of program that we can create. You know, we want to build disciples here, build resilient disciples that will go outside of this place, go outside of this church, and activate their faith out there where, where they need it where other people need it, where other people maybe who aren't here can be affected by that faith, right? So that's kind of the heart behind us as a city, as a, as a youth group. We want to invite them in here so that they can go out there and be disciples out there. Now, the reason I bring all that up is because uh, starting today for the next year, we're going to rename this annual service that we have from City Youth Takeover to City Youth Revival. Now, the reason that we're going to do that is because we want our youth ministry to be continually marked by this word that you've heard throughout the service already a few times. We want this word revival to be something that marks this youth ministry. And we're going to talk about revival for a few moments here today. And it'll be helpful for us to define what revival is. And so it's going to be on the screen as well. But revival is a spiritual reawakening from a state of stagnation in the heart of God's people. Pastor Brent said this uh, last week, but to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus, it's not enough for us to just accept the gift, the very real and good gift that God gave us, just to accept it and sit back and say, I'm done. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come back now. No, God wants us to be alive, like really alive and active in our faith. He doesn't want us to just sit back. He wants us to do something. He wants us to be truly awake. And he wants us to go out and actually activate our faith in a very real way. And so my wife, Ruth, and I, we lead City Youth together. And we have a deep desire to see revival take place in our youth ministry in the next generation. And you might think that makes a lot of sense because Ruth and I, we lead the next generation. It's our job to believe in this, right? 
But for the next few minutes, I want us to talk about revival, and I want to hopefully help you see why revival should matter to you as well. Why revival for the next generation should matter to you as well. If you can think for a moment, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, do you want them to know Jesus? If you want anyone who is not you, anyone who comes after you to know Jesus, you should care about revival. You should want a reawakening in the next generation because they are the ones who are going to teach the generation after that about Jesus. And if we consider revival to be a reawakening of sorts, it can be pretty easy to see the importance of it. It's important to be awake when important things are happening. Some of us are morning people, some of us are night people. For all of us, there's a time to sleep and there's a time to be awake. And when important things are happening, we need to be awake. That's why it's a really bad idea to sleep when you're driving. And if you've ever driven for maybe a long period of time, probably at night, and you start kind of dozing off a little bit, you know you have to, you have to jolt yourself awake. By any means necessary, you have to stay awake. Why? Because you're driving a car. Now is not the time to fall asleep. And parents in the room understand the, the difficulty of dealing with sleepy children in urgent situations. Let's say you want to get your kid up for school or even for church. Some of you this morning struggle with this to get them here. You want your kid to get up, to wake up and get ready. Why? They just want to keep sleeping. Why don't you just let them sleep? What's the big deal? Just keep letting them sleep. You want them to get up because something important is happening. You have to go to school right now. You can't miss school. School is important. We got to go to church right now. We're not missing church. Something is happening today. You need to get up and you need to do something. And the same is true spiritually. God is doing something. God is always doing something. God doesn't stop working. God doesn't stop moving. But we can sleep through it. God doesn't want us to be spiritually asleep through that. And the next generation needs to wake up. The next generation needs to wake up to what God is doing. They need to be aware of what God is doing, how God is moving through their lives, how God is moving through the world so that they can be examples of that and live that out in their lives. But revival for the next generation is especially important because as the, the younger generation is especially impressionable, we need to make sure that they are awake to what God is doing, that they are awake to how much God loves them and how powerful God is. But they're at risk right now of sleeping through what God is doing. Now, fortunately for us, we can look to the text, we can look to the Bible, and we can see that Jesus, this is not the first time that God has had to deal with sleepy disciples. We're in a series right now with Pastor Brent um, called Jesus, the Disciple Maker. Now, a lot of Jesus, his closest to his 12 disciples, they were said to be very young, some of them even teenagers. And so Jesus, it's, this should be encouraging for all of us, Jesus is still making disciples out of teenagers today. And it's amazing that the first 12 that Jesus chose to hold close to him were teenagers, were young people. That should say something to us. And Jesus is still working through them today. So I want us to read um, a scene in the New Testament and just let me set the context a little bit. Judas has just betrayed Jesus. So this is a very big event that just happened. This is an event that kind of triggers the events leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus. And so Jesus is kind of at his end with 
kind of his time here on earth in ministry. And so he takes his disciples to a garden and he says that he wants them to do something. He gives them an important task, okay? And so we're going to read this here in uh, Matthew chapter 26. It says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. This is what he says to them. He says, stay here and keep watch. Stay here and keep watch. I'm going to go over there and pray. Stay here and keep watch. In other words, stay here and stay awake. You can't keep watch if you fall asleep. You have to stay awake. So then it goes on. Jesus, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. This is a a very important prayer that Jesus is praying. Jesus knows what's about to happen. We know what's about to happen. He's about to be crucified for the sins of all humanity, for things that he didn't do. And Jesus is praying to his father, to God, saying, if it's possible, if there's any way that this could be taken away from me, please do so. But ultimately, may, my, may your will be done over mine. And this is an important prayer. When important things are happening, it's important to stay awake. But we see Jesus goes back to his disciples, and it says, as he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus tells them to stay awake. He goes back. He finds them falling asleep. And I'm not going to read the rest of this scene, but Jesus goes back to pray again. And again, he tells his disciples, stay awake. Keep watch. He comes back. They've fallen asleep again. A third time he does it, and the same thing happens. And so Jesus is giving the disciples a warning. He's saying, you got to stay awake. You have to keep watch. I've asked you to keep watch because people are coming for me. I'm at my end right here. But this, this warning that Jesus is giving, it extends beyond this moment that they were in. The same warning is for us today. The same warning is for the next generation. We need to stay awake in this life. Because if we start to doze off a little bit spiritually, then we can easily let things sweep us under our feet. We can easily let things distract us and we can fall into the current of culture and believe the lies that culture is telling us. And the next generation is especially impressionable. So they need to stay awake at all costs. They need revival. If we've fallen asleep, we need to be reawakened. We need to access revival. And what do you do if you want to stay awake physically? If you want to stay awake, what do you do? You do something. Do anything. Just get up and start moving. If you just sit back a little bit, start to relax, maybe close your eyes a little bit, you will fall asleep. So if we want to stay awake, we got to do something. And the same is true spiritually. If we want reawakening, if we want revival, we have to do something. We have to move. God is going to move no matter what. God is going to do something. But if we want to be awake to it, we have to move. Revival requires response. Revival requires response. We need to respond in some way to what God is doing. And if we want to access revival, we need to respond 
in some way. Now, I have this, this card here printed out. Uh, if you can all grab this on your seat here. When I say revival requires response, how do we respond? How do we respond? Um, there's a few different ways that we could go with this. There's a few different directions we could go. But our response for today, what I want to focus on today is prayer. Prayer as a response. Prayer is super important. We saw Jesus do it in the story that we just read. Not once, not twice, but three times Jesus went to pray. That's important. And if, if we want revival, we need prayer. One Bible teacher said, at the heart of every revival is the spirit of prayer. Without prayer, we cannot have revival. And Paul writes in one of his letters to pray continually. Pray continually. Don't just pray once and be done with it. Don't just pray on Sunday and be done with it. What did Jesus do in what we just read? He prayed continually. He prayed again and again. And we see Jesus pray again and again. So I want us to do this. And this card right here on the back of this is, is a prayer that we've written down. A prayer for revival for the next generation. I'm going to read it out loud just in a moment. But I want this to be kind of like a visual cue for you. I want you to take this card home. I want you to leave it where you can see it this week. And I want you to be praying for revival for the next generation. I want you to be praying that the next generation would be reawakened to what God has to say and what God is doing in their hearts. Now, I want us to read it together. I'm going to read it out loud, and then we can all say amen at the end of it. Does that sound good? All right, it says, Lord, we ask that you would intercede on behalf of the next generation. We pray for a move of your spirit, Lord. Cover them with your peace, your power, and your protection. Dismantle every weapon formed to bring them harm. Discredit every lie spoken against them. Disrupt every plan the enemy has for their lives. Your way is better. And we pray that the next generation would be one to follow in that way. Send a wave of revival through the hearts of your people and reawaken them to the goodness of your love and the power of your name. You've done it before and we know you can do it again. We ask for this in the name of Jesus. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, what if, what if we all did this? What if everyone here agreed that we would go home, we would go out of this place, and we would pray for the next generation to access revival, that the next generation would be reawakened to what God has to say to them? One thing I really love about this church is that it's multi-generational. There are multiple generations represented in this church, and how, how beautiful would it be if every generation would pray collectively in agreement for the next generation, that they would know Jesus, and they would know Jesus in such a way that changes their lives. Because if they can do that, then they can influence the next generation after them to follow Jesus as well. If you care at all about leaving a legacy of faith, a legacy of faith that extends beyond yourself, that lasts longer than you, that once you're done, you know that you have influenced other people to follow Jesus as well. If you care at all about the next generation following Jesus, loving Jesus, moving in the power of God, then this should matter. Leanne said in the video that we watched here in a moment that um, revival starts with us. Revival starts with us. God is always doing something. God is moving, but we have to move as well. 
we have to move in that as well. God wants us to be active and alive. God wants us to move. Revival requires response. And that response is in our hands. We have that ability. We have that power to pray and call God to just do something miraculous in the next generation. For God to do something amazing, something that we cannot do, something that just our teachings and our our encouragement can't do alone, but God, the Spirit of God can move and do something that we cannot do. Now, I know this message and this, um, this whole service really has been geared towards the next generation, but you know that revival is for everyone, right? Revival is for everyone. We can all be reawakened to what God is doing in our lives. We all need this. We all need to be reawakened to the goodness of God. And maybe you're here today and you've been asleep for a very long time. Maybe you're not sure that God actually is powerful, that you've never thought this, that God actually does love you and God wants you to be alive, not just going through life, but to be thriving in life. You should know that Jesus did come to earth to die for our sins and he was raised to life again. And because of that, we can be revived in him Our lives can be revived in the power of his name. So I want us in a moment to pray. And we're going to pray for God to just move in our lives, to move in our spirits. And if you've never allowed God to move in your life, I would encourage you to take that step right now. I would encourage you to accept the gift that God has given you. This gift of salvation that Jesus has extended to you. If you have never done that before, I encourage you to take that step today. And if you were maybe, you once believed in God, you used to go to church but now you're not so sure about God and kind of what that means. Maybe you need to be reawakened again. Maybe you need revival as well. I want this prayer to be for you as well. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and pray this morning. God, I thank you for your name, God. I thank you for your power. You came to earth so that you could die, so that you could rise again, God. We stand before you guiltless because of you. We stand before you righteous because of you, because of your name, God. We don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve to be here today. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve life, but you have given it to us, and you have given it to us in the fullest, God. And it's only because of you. It's only because of your goodness. It's only because of your grace and your power, God. So we just, we accept that gift right now. If anyone is here in this room listening, watching online, and they have never accepted your gift before, I pray that they would do that now. I pray that they would take that step forward and they would allow you to reawaken them, to revive their spirits right now, God. We ask that you would move in their lives, move in their spirits in a unique way right now and let them know, confirm in their hearts that you are there with them, that you are real and that you love them. And for anyone who maybe used to believe um, and, did, and doesn't right now or is kind of struggling in their faith, I pray that you would speak to them as well. Speak to them individually and uniquely, God, and let them know that that gift is still available. That gift isn't going away. And you invite them along the journey with you. And I pray that they would be encouraged to take that step once again today. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to sing another song here in a moment. And I want us to pray one more time for youth revival in the next generation. So could I have everyone please stand up with me? 
And just as, just as a symbol, if everyone could please grab this card and just hold it up. Just hold it up as we pray. We're gonna pray and then we're gonna sing one more song together. God, I just thank you for the next generation. God, I thank you for every student that is represented in this room, every student that is represented in this city, God, and even in this nation, God. We pray that you would move right now in a unique way, that this would be a day not like any other days, that God, you would reawaken the next generation, that it would start with one person, maybe three people, and then that would spread to other people, that the next generation would, would be able to influence people in their own generation, to follow you, to ask questions about you, to seek your goodness, God. God, we cannot do this on our own. We need your spirit, God. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. The spirit is strong where we are weak, God. So we just lean into that right now. We ask that you would send revival to the next generation. We ask that you would make a move of your spirit, God, through the next generation. That you would do what we cannot do in our own power. We trust in your strength right now, God. And we ask that you would, you would just spark something in the hearts of the students that are here in this room that you would spark something in the students in the city without them even knowing, without them even realizing what's happening, that you would begin to reawaken their spirits, God. That you would begin to show them a glimpse of, of your love, of your light, of your character, God. You are good and we trust in you. We thank you for what you're doing in the next generation. We thank you that you are still moving. We thank you that you are still working. We thank you that you are still powerful, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.